Welcome to a new episode of Craft Beer Conversations, where the beer and the conversation are always on me. The city of Detroit has changed drastically in the last 150 years, but there's a spot on the city's east side on the corner of Mount Elliott and Nevada that hasn't changed a lick in a century and a half. Now, I could only be talking about the two-way in Detroit's oldest bar, slinging suds continuously since 1876. If you think about it, time changes around the two-way. World wars, pandemics, economic disasters, and even prohibition couldn't stop the east side spot from serving the masses. In the past, it's also been a general store, an inn, a doctor and dentist office, even a train station, jail, and brothel. Absolutely wild. In the 1970s, Harry Malik bought the bar, and now his daughter, the legendary Mary Malik Aganowski, owns the bar, and it's run by her daughter, Danielle Pantelaresco. I went down to the two-way to have a beer with Danielle and got the coolest history lesson there ever was. Let's just start here because I've never been here before. This is my first time. It, I feel like it's taken me far too long to get mm -hmm. to a place like this. But you were kind of talking about, before we turned the microphone on, how the neighborhood has changed. We were talking about the neighborhood has changed, but it's changed around the two-way. The two-way is the same, more or less. So I'm sure some changes here and there. But what's it like sitting in a room like this knowing, I mean, all that's happened here and, and how consequential places like this are, you know, I mean, especially during, um, you know, it was nice having a dentist around during Prohibition. Well, first of all, welcome to the 2AN. Um, I love this place. So, first of all, it's the original wooden floors from the 1870. So, the thought of someone just coming in off the street, walking through, getting a bar for 150 years, it just blows my mind. Um, and we're the caretakers of this history, and it's, it's just great thinking about it. So, tell me about this. I know part of the story. This has been in your family for a while, but I mean, how did you... It hasn't been in your family the whole time, right? I mean, this has been around since the 1870s, right? So how did you guys in the two-way come to be together? Right. So my grandfather actually used to come here in the 30s after Prohibition with his father. And he was about 15 years old. And by 15, he was a working man by that time. And he would come into the two-way, and he just fell in love with it. And he would say... I'm going to own this place one day. And the lady behind the bar, she would say, oh, I'd save it. I'll save it for you, Harry. And sure enough, it's 1973. My grandfather is now 50 years old, and he's living over here on the east side. And he hears that the two ways for sale. He comes in. That lady's now 81, and he says, do we still have our deal? And she said, absolutely. And uh, they... Hand, took a you know, handshake over the bar and it was a done deal I mean that's almost too perfect to right. be true right and but but then but it's changed hands from generation to generation right I mean I know that I see For your mom sure. Mary behind there and then you're here now too I mean is that the way that I mean obviously it is the way you want it to be but it's like you can't let this place go right it's definitely a family family run business um, we all take our part um, it's definitely a group effort you know, my husband, he's an IT guy, so he'll do our website. Um, I do most of our marketing on Facebook and Instagram. My mom will cook the food. My brother will come over and paint. My sister will help us with, you know, uh, food, brunches, bartending, anything that needs to get done. But before that, before, me, you know, me and my sister, it was my mom and her sisters and brothers. And so it's definitely a group effort. We have a lot of fun doing it. Um, all of my memories are in this building. Um, this is the first place I ever lived. So this is my first first is there, stop. Is there space? Is that what yeah, it is upstairs? Yeah, for sure. 
let's talk about the neighborhood because you, we mentioned. But tell me about the neighborhood and tell me about your customers, right? I mean, there's a few people sitting here right now. The two of them are like the others, but the two aren't. <laughs> right. But you said something about, like, your dad's bar and, like, the, the metaphysical dad, right? And, like, I totally feel that, right? I mean, this is a place that my dad would eat alive. Right. So the, my slogan is 2 a.m. bring your dad. And this, um, we're in an, an industrial neighborhood, and we get a lot of guys, you know, with dirt on their boots and grease on their hands, and they're just looking for a place to come in after work and to have a cold one, and this is definitely that place. Um, primarily, we sell $2 beers, $3 beers. Uh, the craft beer kind of took the world by storm, so, you know, we're big into that. But it's just, it's a bar with no frills, but we got everything that everyone would want. And nothing that they don't need. Right, right, right. right. The, and and you, you, you talk about craft beer, right? And, I mean, obviously, you, it's inescapable. It's everywhere, everywhere you go. So how do you, before we get to the beer itself, how do you balance between, like, old and new? I mean, obviously, the balancing act, I wrote this question before I walked in, the balancing act is mostly old, right? That's the vibe, right, that's the right. feeling. But you've still done things to keep up with the things that people want. I just, I wonder how you how you balance that because if you kept everything the same craft beer wouldn't have showed up in that cooler i know it wouldn't right so this is like an everyone's bar there's not just one type of group or one type of age group that that stays here primarily we'll have a a 21st birthday celebrated here on a weekend and then later on that night someone that turns 80 wants to come in and have their drink their birthday drink at the two-way um so the craft beer thing um about seven years ago, people started coming in and saying, uh, what do you have for an IPA? Uh, do you have any flavored stouts? And I had no idea what they were talking about. This is a Miller High Life place. Right. Uh, Stroh's, Paps. Uh, right. Uh, no draft. We do bottles and bottles cans. And but, I mean, I had to, you have to give the people what they want. I love selling $2 beers. But there's a there's a market for five dollar beers, so I jumped I jumped on that. Um, I started out with um, shorts, odd side, and at water. So I wanted to keep it uh, local, and Michigan is known for great craft beers. So I really wanted to work with things that were just from from Michigan. At water, obviously from Detroit. Um, shorts at the time it was um, I think it was like um, by Michigan for Michigan or something yeah yeah. They, yeah yeah and then odd side was just that those weird they're nuts weird yeah these <laughs> weird collabs with fruit and spice and whatever um, so yeah I, I just would get a couple cases of something and see how it worked what I liked um, and that's just how I do it if I like it I'll reorder it if I don't like it, that's okay, and I, I just I don't reorder. Right, right. And, you know, you, you talk about having Michigan beer or Detroit beer. I mean, talk about Stroh's and, and things like that. I mean, they've made great beer in Michigan to one standard or another for as long as this place has been open, right? I mean, so you're, right. you're in the right spot for that kind of thing. And that's, again, when I talk about the balancing act. And it's almost like, I mean, this, I've never heard of the Lake Brothers before, and shame on me, but like, this is like the marriage, it seems like, of all of this. For sure. So sometimes, you know, you're getting all these like chocolate stouts and fruity IPAs, and then sometimes you just want a beer. Damn it, you just want a beer. And so I came across Lake Brothers. They make one beer, and it is a lager, 
and I believe it's brewed in Detroit, and I just love the whole concept. It's clean, it's simple, I love the logo, I love the branding, and this is my go-to beer. When someone comes in and says, what do you recommend? Um, usually I, I hand them a Lake Brothers, and then they have another Lake Brothers. That's why we're having it right now, that's right. why I asked. And, Cheers. And, and you're, you're right, like, I looked at it, because w- when I looked in the cooler, if you'd have told me, pick out the one that's quote-unquote just a beer, I wouldn't have had to think about it twice. Right. It's obvious, right? right? And they're not trying to be something other than that. Yeah. So, But, but when you talk about the, the craft beer, how does it, how does it move? I mean, is it taken, is it, is it 30-70? Is it 50-50? I mean... Ooh, I'd say... It's probably too high, 50-50, but... Maybe no, not. not it's not 50-50. Like, our biggest sellers for sure are the PBR, the Strohs, yeah, Miller, yeah. all those. I would say craft, it's probably like... Um, it's probably like a 60-40 split, 40, 40 being the craft. That, but it's I mean, pretty good, When yeah. you consider what this place is and where it is, it just proves to me that what you said earlier, that you have to give people what they want, and sometimes what they want is not what you think. Right. And not talking about you, but just in general, you'd walk into a place like this and assume there's no craft beer here, but then you turn the corner and there it is. Right. And I usually ask people, um, what style do you like? Because yeah. I might not have ex- specifically the IPA that you want, but I have some other ones that I think are just as good. Um, I got introduced to Triple Root. They're uh, they're from Detroit, and they make um, a cream ale, um, a double a double IPA, and then um, an an amber ale. And they're they're great. I love the logos. I love I love the cans. Um, it's got to be eye catching too. Yeah. People kind of like that also. Um, I kind of toned it down with uh, the shorts and the odd side. Great, you know, great places, great breweries, but um, you can find that stuff everywhere now. So we always have the Soft Parade and, and the Huma is probably our biggest IPA seller. Yeah. But um, you can get those anywhere and that's, and that's cool and great. But I kind of like to go, I like things that are a little bit different. I want something that no one else has. So I never look and see what's cool what's everyone drinking i do it on my own i'll i'll research something on my own i'll order it if i like it i'll keep it in the cooler if i don't that's okay i'll move on to something else have you had one of everything in the cooler then absolutely and i like to recommend things so if it's if i don't like it i might say you know what this might be, you know like the double the double ipas i'm not a big fan of cuz they're a little overwhelming yeah. and i want everyone to drive home safe and we're not selling 8 dollar beers <laughs> it's just it's not my clientele right but um yeah i i like to offer things that i personally like cuz i feel like um you know you like your own taste so if i like it I assume <laughs> that you'll that you will too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, tell me about the food. I know that there's no yeah. there's no menu, but your no mom menu. is here. But your mom is here, and I love the way you explained right. it because in my own head, I mean, that's what I love about this place. I'm not a smart person, but everything here is obvious, and not that's a good thing. There's no tricks. There's no smoke. There's no mirror. And when I look today is bean soup, right? It's bean two days soup, a week. Right. Mom makes what she wants. I mean. Does she make it here? Is there a yeah? She kid? makes it here. Um, so she does food every Wednesday and Thursday. Like I said before, we're in an industrial neighborhood. Uh, these guys might have five bucks in their pocket and they just want a, a hot meal. So everything is homemade by my mom. Every Thursday is a different soup. Uh, it's whatever she wants to make. Wednesday is more of a hot dish or sandwich style. 
and she knows by Sunday night what she wants to make for Wednesday and Thursday. Me and her will go shopping on Monday and we'll pick up, you know, or if there's something that catches her eye while we're there, she'll say, oh, you know what? I want to make lasagna. So yesterday was lasagna. And lasagna day, amazing. yes, lasagna day, uh, we're Polish. So any of, you know, the Polish dishes, um, sloppy joes, super simple. Those just, they sell out so quickly. So my mom, she really tries to, you know, double the batches, you know, but it's, yeah. it's the food usually sells out pretty quickly. And, and is it, is it a thing that people, cause it's, it's kind of random. Like you said, I know that she has it ahead of time a day or two, whatever, but do you have like an average to people, the regulars that come on oh, yeah. Wednesday and Thursday for whatever, for sure. whatever mom is making? So obviously, you know, we just went, we're going through this pandemic yeah. and places were closed and, you know, we're open less hours now. Um, our regulars are what got us through this pandemic. My mom would sell soup to go when you couldn't have people in your building and people would just line up and be so respectful and whatever she had to offer, they were taking it. So that's really how we got through this. Our loyal, dedicated customers, you know, um, yeah, we, we have a great, great customer base. Well, tell me about them. You know, I go to a lot of different places mm -hmm. and most craft beer bars that I go to or breweries, they have their mug club, which means they have their regulars. Yeah. But a lot of those places are, let's say I'm in Detroit, it's not a bad thing, but they're pass-through places. They're busy places. They're places that are in Corktown. They're places yeah. that people are, this is not that. And no. so I wonder, I would assume that most of your customers are probably at least semi-regular. Yeah. I'm sure, you, like you said, the 21st birthday, whatever. But tell me about them. So I'll have people that come in and they'll say, oh, um, my dad used to come here in the 70s you know so we have people that come in and they might be the second or third generation that have been coming here uh, my one friend her parents met her met here fell in love her name is sarah and you know we're the same age so she hangs out here um it's kind of like an everybody's bar um true like a lot of the people they might not live in the neighborhood because it is an industrial neighborhood, but Hamtramck is very close, so we get a lot of you know people from Hamtramck, and yeah, I mean, and, and you said you mentioned that you guys are Polish. I mean, this is <laughs> this is the spot, right? right in right. this part of the city near Hamtramck, for sure. You mentioned all the things that have happened here and across your life and and the lives of your family members. But do you have like a a favorite like historical fact about this building? There's got to be a thousand of them. But I mean, the amount of things that have happened in here from then to now, including prohibition, things like that. I mean, it's staggering when you think about. There's so much. So first of all, it was, the building was built by a Civil War veteran. He was a spy for the Union. Um, the back bar is said to be put in by Stroh's. So um, it's like set, the actual company itself. Right. So there was about 120 people making beer in Detroit before prohibition. So it was kind of like a cutthroat business. This is horse and buggy days. So you were only getting the beer that was actually pretty close to you. So, you know, your cousin Tom made beer and you have a, you right. got a swinging saloon, you're gonna just have Tom's beer or whatever. So Stroh's, I just think they were great with just marketing. So obviously we're on the east side. Uh, they would say, they would come in and say, hey, you got this, you got this bar here. How about we build you an actual respectable bar built, you know, made... Uh, like a hand-built. Yeah. yeah. Uh, made out of American chestnut wood. It's absolutely stunning. Right. And, and the, it, there would be a contract. And the contract was, we build you this bar, but you can only sell, sh you can only sell Stroh's beer. That's genius. Right. 
And look, Shroes is still here. And, yeah, and you know, so my dad, yeah. my dad grew up, you know, yeah. drinking Shroes. Mine too. Just like Blue his can. dad, yeah. for sure. So Shroes is definitely a staple here. Two bucks. Uh, we keep it in a bottle. Um, and there's another Shroes bar, Abex, and mm. they're Southwest Detroit. So Shroes covered Southwest Detroit and then the Far East Side. And that's everything. In the, that's yeah. everything. Yeah. So yeah. they. And I mean, that kind, of, that kind of stuff, uh, you know, I was a couple of years ago before the pandemic, I was at uh, the Whitney and we were, I was doing the same thing. I was at the ghost bar and the guy that owned it was talking about how some of the wiring was said to be done by Thomas Edison himself. Oh, wow. I mean, but, but the same thing here with strokes coming right. in by hand and putting in the, it's the same thing to me. And like, you have to, you have to find those things you in do. this city, but people like Detroit's changed and, and it has in, in a thousand ways. And you said what neighborhood hasn't, right? But some places just don't. Yeah. And 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 they do in in small ways. And so so how about this then? What what's next? I mean, again, you guys have been here for 150 years. Is it is it just staying the course? I guess because everybody has, you have a business, you want to grow, you want to you have dreams, you have just because the bar is old doesn't mean you don't think about moving forward. Right. No, I mean, we keep it pretty simple. And I think that's the selling point. I don't have this dream of turning it into a high-end cocktail bar or a craft brew. We don't have, we don't have tappers. It's just, yeah. it's just bottles. So I don't ever dream to have 50 taps along the bar. The goal for me is to keep it the same, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what people like, you know, think, imagine going to a bar for 20 years and then coming in and everything has changed and, oh, we're going to do it like this now. Here's the menu. Yeah, that's not the goal for us. We really just like to, like when we want to hang things on the wall, we don't Google, okay, cool beer signs. We just go in the basement, I'll find something, dust it off, and then I just tell my husband where I want him to put it and then he'll bolt it to the wall. Um, so we try to use things that are that we just find in house, um, and how great is that? So yeah, I don't I don't think the goal is to ever do anything different. This is the goal, and yeah. I think we're we're doing it. But I love the the, the it's like decoration by gravity. Things <laughs> right. that have just come your yeah. way over Everything time. Everything has a story for sure. And why would you? When you had all of this, why would you go why and... Why would you change it? Well, and why would you go buy anything and put it on the wall? <laughs> right, right. I mean, were you going to take down that picture of Elvis, made with other pictures of Elvis? No right. way. I mean, and, who would do that? And they don't give out beer signs like they used no. to. Like, that was a huge thing. Um, you know, you 90s would... 90s, too. I mean, yeah, and Molson and... No, um, they, don't, they don't give things out anymore. So anything that we have, it's a lot of cool vintage yeah. stuff. You know, like that Werner sign over there. The Stroh's clock. I mean, the that kind Stroh's of stuff. The clocks. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so just wrapping it up, like, what, what would, I know we've talked about, like, the, the average, regular, everybody's bar, but, like, I, I just, I feel like that undersells it a little bit. Because it's not easy being, how, how can you be everybody's bar, I guess? And I'm not saying you can't be. You are. I'm just wondering how you do it. Well, first of all, 
you got to treat your customers good. We are we are considered. Do you have customers? Because I don't know what I've seen down there. Everybody's just sitting behind the bar talking. <laughs> it looks like you got a bunch of family members down there. You know, right. your mom's holding court. She is. But I mean, look at the crowd. Yeah. It's extremely diverse. It is. There's I people mean, in suits over here. Right. Right. And then you got people drinking Bud Light. You got someone drinking a Stroke. Those two old guys at the end of the bar being great. Like, um, yeah. Right. So people, this is like people say like, oh, I feel so at home yeah. here, and I think. I think that's what it is. It's everything is so fast paced now. You have TVs going on, people are on their phones, bartenders are on their phones, um, bright lights. Here we take it down. My TVs, you know, they're barely on unless there's a game. Right. Um, the jukebox is always going, you know, with great tunes. And people really feel at home here. Um, yeah. I don't know how else to explain well, no, it. I, that's it. I, I think the ability to make a variety of people that don't know each other feel home at the same time is very difficult. And right. I think you've done that. It has a lot to do with my mom. My mom has been here since she was 17 years old. Um, a lot of people, you know, grew up with my mom. This is Mary's bar. This is Mary's bar for sure. She is the heart and soul of this place. So I can be anywhere and people say, how's your mom? Yeah. Tell her I said hi. And people just gravitate to her. She's very sweet. She, um, she always has a smile. She greets you um, with, with this warm smile. Um, she treats everyone like they're her children. Yeah. And I really think that's the draw to the two-way. Yeah, I mean, and, well, it's funny because when I walked in, there's more people now than there were when I walked in. But when I walked in, you were behind the bar. Your mom was yeah. sitting down. She was having a drink, talking right. to the guys at the end. You're sitting over here with me now. Now your mom's behind the bar, but she's still talking to those same guys. <laughs> like so I it's, said, it's a group effort. Yeah. We just make it work, yeah. you know. Yes, my mom worked during the day, and she worked hard. But then she doesn't like to do this kind of stuff. Right. So I do this kind of stuff, right. and then she'll take over whatever. Like I said, you know, my sister jumps in, my brother jumps in, my husband. It really is a group effort, um, and I, I just love it so much. It means a lot to us. Huge thanks to Danielle Pantelaresco and her mom, Mary Malik Aganowski. They make the two-way in exactly what it is, a gem. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss anything across the Metro Detroit craft beer landscape and beyond. Plus, you can always follow me on Twitter and Facebook at Zach E. Clark. Yes, Zach with an H. On Instagram at The Brew Man Chew and TikTok at Brew Man Chew to see what I'm up to.